Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. JT with you, final show of the week here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a gorgeous Friday Heading into a Raider game tomorrow, preseason at the Rams. We will be live at the M Resort. Spa and Casino will be there for every road game. Every single one for the pre and post when the Raiders are on the road. Home, obviously, at Allegiant. And when they're on the road, that's where you'll find us. And we're excited about that. Monologue is brought to you by PTs, where you could watch the game. You could do whatever you want to do. Uh, There's a big WWE event in town. You can get your pregame on before or after at any of the PT's 60-plus locations in the Valley. PT's, they fuel the monologue. And PT's is really looking to host you for your fantasy draft. So if you're having your fantasy draft, they have drinking food specials. They really know how to do this. They've been doing it longer than anyone in town hosting fantasy draft parties. So pick a PT's near you. Bring your buddies, your friends out, and build your fantasy team that way. Cover of the Las Vegas Review-Journal today. Raiders fight to the finish with the Rams. Joint practice called off early yesterday because of the fracas and what went on. And that's what everybody's been talking about. It made it on SportsCenter last night. And I've listened, I listened to Clay and Pritch this morning. I was listening to other individuals talk about it and tweet about it. And really, a lot of people are happy about the camaraderie that the Raiders had and how the Raiders had each other's back in a fight which I think is a good lesson in life, in a bar or somewhere out there, protect your friends. If there's a fight, get in there with your friends or break it up and protect your friends. And from all accounts, at a practice fight for a football team, the Raiders did okay with this. Now, I looked at some of the video or some of the still pictures and all of that, and is it good for the Raiders? I don't know. I never played in the NFL. I never coached in the NFL I think John Gruden and Sean McVay would not tell us either way if they knew it. Does it get a team more focused and excited and ready to compete? Yeah, I would think so. If you're an athlete and you got your head on a swivel and you might get into a fight, you would think that your level of energy and intensity would be at a high level. We're waiting for more updates on Incognito. And Moro, when we have that, we'll let you know. Uh, from talking to the insiders and the Raiders. We'll see if we get something by the end of the show, but hopefully everything is good. And then the Raiders play this game coming up on Saturday against the Rams where Sean McVay loves not playing the starters. I don't know if Coach Gruden enjoys that or not. I think that the Raiders should be playing more starters than most teams in the league because they weren't good last year in the second half of the year. And they had a tremendously long off season because they didn't make the postseason. And now I'd like to see some of these guys play in a simulated football game, a preseason game. They're not that good. They aren't a playoff team. They're not elite. So possibly playing in this game and getting some chemistry down could help against the Ravens. But as you know, an injury against the Ravens or two or going into the Ravens game could be devastating. We're kind of on to the Ravens after midweek next week. The Niners... We'll have a couple of guests on to preview that Niners game. But I think it's all about the install of the game plan for the Raider, uh, Ravens game and how the Raiders could be ready to go. I, I don't think the Ravens have had a good preseason because of the injuries. Lamar Jackson missing time with COVID. But you know Lamar Jackson 
is going to be ready to go. And remember, he's not vaccinated, and it doesn't seem like he's going to get vaccinated. So there's always a chance that he could be exposed. I doubt he's going to get COVID for the third time, but I'm not an epidemiologist. I can't tell you what's going to happen there. But there has been a lot of controversy surrounding the Ravens from the insiders that I talked to. They're not getting a lot of practice time together. Could that help out the Raiders? I believe that the fact that they're getting the Ravens early, which is one of the best teams in football. The Ravens have been one of the best functioning organizations in football for well over a decade, 15 years, dating back to Ray Lewis and Brian Billick before John Harbaugh took over. They're a very good team. Very well coached. Ozzie Newsome, one of the best at picking players and building rosters. I like catching the best team early. Last year at work playing New Orleans, right, didn't it? Beating Drew Brees at home and there were no fans. So the combination that the Ravens have a bunch of injuries, their offense hasn't worked out much together, the Raiders get them at home with this loud, loud building going to be at full capacity with no masks, and the opportunity for the Raiders to come out quickly and use the fans and the energy, and Baltimore's never played in this building, maybe it could give them a slight advantage to win this game. The more and more I look at the season, the Raider game against the Ravens is very concerning to me. It feels like a must-win, and of course it's not. It's not a must-win the first game of the year, but it feels like it to me because the Raiders have to come back on a short week at Pittsburgh. A long trip, Far East Coast trip, playing the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger's most likely final year. That's a concerning game to me. I think the Raiders on paper, with the upgrade of their defense and their explosive offense, are just as good, if not better, than both these teams. I really do believe that. But I'll give the Ravens the advantage because they've been a better team for quite some time. And Pittsburgh, they got off to a great start last year and kind of collapsed down the stretch. Pittsburgh's been a better team than the Raiders, but I like the upgrade of the Raiders roster. And I think that's going to make some strides with this team heading into those first two games. You know, people are talking about a split in the first two games. I think it was... Brent Musburger, who said it on the broadcast, with the degree of difficulty of that schedule. I like to take it one game at a time, really do, because the Baltimore game is its own game. It's the first ever real game, regular season with fans. We spent all week talking about this vaccination mandate, and the place is going to be bonkers, absolutely incredible, as fans will come in with proof of vaccination and won't have to wear a mask And I think so. I've been going to football games my whole life, Super Bowls, playoff games, big games. I believe that the fans are going to be a little bit crazier in that home opener after not having fans last year. I think it's going to be crazy. I really do. I think it's going to be the loudest it might be. I mean, it's Monday night football with the Ravens. And even though the Dolphins are on the schedule and the Eagles and Kansas City Sunday night football, other than Kansas City on Sunday night, I think the Monday night game will be the toughest environment for a road team to play. And that's why I'm hoping that'll be an advantage to the Raiders and the Raiders can go out and win that game. So your opinion on the week that was. Because it's Friday, it's still the summer. I tweeted out my pictures of Modelo's. My best friend is here. I'm at my home, as Ed Graney would say, on the mean streets of Summerlin, working from home today. I'm looking at the pool. I'm looking at the Modelo's. I've never had a drink on the job in my life. I do afterwards. So I'm staring at a bucket of Modellos that are icing down, and I'm ready to roll. I'm getting in the pool, I'm putting, getting on a raft, and I'm having a great weekend. And then tomorrow I get a chance to go to the M 
and host the pre- and post-game show with Eric Allen. What a blessing that is. So we'll be at the end tomorrow as they open up the doors. Marcel Reese, Darren McFadden, giveaways. It's going to be great. So if you don't have any plans tomorrow, come check us out through the first pre- and post-game show from the M on the road, and then you'll get a good feel for where we'll be all year long if you want to come down there and get a seat, have some dinner, because uh, the game starts at 7 o'clock. We're going to be there late. You know, the game's going to end in the 10 o'clock hour at some point, and then we'll take the post-game show for an hour, hour and a half after that. So I'm going to be at the M for a while on tomorrow, so I'm re- ready to get after it today. 702-365-9200 is the number. Johnny Katz from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, who will join us throughout the season every couple of weeks on what's happening in town. Katz has been really important to us because he's the sights and sounds of Vegas. He talks to everybody from Oscar Goodman to Mark Davis to all the casino operators, and he's going to let us know what's open, what shows are coming up. He's the entertainment arm of this show which we like to do from time to time. James Smitty Smith, one of the best boxing insiders I know, because Manny Pacquiao's in town to fight. And he was going to fight Earl Spence, but the eye injury, he has a new opponent. But Pacquiao's fighting. And Manny Pacquiao, I want to make this compliment to Manny Pacquiao, who I've met several times. Manny Pacquiao has done so much for the city of Las Vegas with the quality of his fights, the epic fights that he's had, the iconic victories he's had in his brilliant career that we owe Manny Pacquiao, and we do for Floyd, too. Floyd's having all his fights in Vegas over the years, and he brought tremendous income to Las Vegas. But Manny has done it also with the level of class and dignity. Manny doesn't have to fight every fight in Vegas. He lives in the Philippines. He could fight in the Philippines every fight if he wanted, and it would still sell on pay-per-view, but he fights in Vegas, and it fills up hotel rooms, and it gets people into the casinos, and it gets people gambling and going out to dinner and spending money with all the casino workers here in the bars and restaurants. We owe Manny Pacquiao a a debt of gratitude in this town for what he's done for us. He's a brilliant athlete. I've been to the majority of his fights. I would have been ringside for this one, but we have a Raider game, priority, and I wish Manny Pacquiao nothing but the best. We'll talk about that with Schmitty coming up here a little bit later in the show. And Jeff Benson over from the Circa. And the Circa and what's going to happen with the Circa with their super contest, their big contest that they have, the Circa Millions. Your opportunity to get involved with that, and we'll go over some of the odds of the Raiders' win total. I would say every year take the over on the Raiders' win total, but if you did, you'd lose money because the Raiders usually disappoint recently, and they go under the win total. So the Raider win total is really important. I'd go over because I like the roster and I like the team better than last year. But I don't gamble, so I put gambling experts on who could help us out with that. So he'll join us a little bit later on in the show. A couple of the things from John Gruden, as John Gruden met the media after that practice. There's still no word. I'm texting with Paul Gutierrez, Vinny Bonsignor on the injuries. Gruden gave us a little bit about what happened yesterday when Incognito went down and Morrow went down. We'll look into it. We'll know something here in the next couple of days, but I don't have anything to report yet. There you go. Raiders are going to control that. The Raiders are going to control that. And they're going to make sure that they get that right. And we'll know when we find out here. But am I concerned? I'm not really concerned. Because if it was a serious injury, Ian Rappaport would have had it up. Or Adam Schefter would have had it up by now. If it was serious injury like a blown out Achilles or a, a torn ACL or something like that. But I'm not concerned. 
but I'm not positive what's going on, so we'll wait on that. You know, John Gruden talked about how unhappy he was with the fight that ended practice a little bit early, typically not what he wants to see. I thought we had a great work today until the special teams, right at the end of the special teams period. I have no idea what that was, but that's enough of that crap. You know, it's not good for football. That's not good for anything. So uh, that's the end of that. That's the end of that practice session. Yeah, that's the end of that. So he was not uh, too thrilled with that. So it looks like Richie Incognito could be fine. And with Morrow, we'll wait and see here for a couple of weeks. Okay, we'll leave it at that from what I'm hearing. So for Morrow and the depth that they have at the linebacker position, uh, hopefully he is good to go and will be getting better here over the next couple of days and week or two because there's a game coming up on Monday Night Football and he's a big part of that defense. More from John Gruden yesterday after the fight and after those two days in Los Angeles having that joint practice, what it means going into the game. You know, we did, uh, I thought we did a great job looking at some different players in different situations and different defenses and different offenses. And we had some guys really uh, get some excellent experience against a very good football team. So uh, it's all about experience. It's all about improving. And I think we accomplished those two things. Yeah, I think they did too. They've been doing good in practice. They were practicing well here in Henderson. And this practice, a lot of the insiders said the Raiders got the better of the Rams in regard to splash plays and big plays over the two days, especially on the defense, the three interceptions of Matthew Stafford, some of the big plays to Waller from Carr and Jacobs and all that. So, look, we're not going to score it here like it's a fight. But you could say that the Raiders were either better or held their own against the Rams one of the best teams reportedly in football. So what about those practices? Could that change the game plan for John Gruden on Saturday? Probably will. You know, we're going to try to be smart and um, also try to keep on schedule in terms of our young pay, uh, young players' development and this team's development. So we'll meet as a staff and determine who's up and who's out uh, here in the next day or so. Yep, and they'll see that and they'll let us know, and we'll probably know that on the pregame if you're with us at the M or if you're listening Uh, One more thing from Gruden on the fight, the message that he said and what he wants the team to understand as they have to value staying healthy going into the regular season. There's no message. You know, they know. They know better. Everybody knows better. And, again, it wasn't everybody fighting. It'll be on TV. You'll see a bunch of guys screaming and yelling. But it was two guys in a special teams period, and then it was a lot of trash talking that escalated. Uh, It's just sickening, really. It's just stupidity. But I'm done with that. It's just child's play to me. Yeah, he doesn't like it. But then there are some people who say, and I don't know this to be true. I've never talked to coach about it. Some coaches say that, but deep down they like it because it gets all their players focused and it builds camaraderie and loyalty within the team. That's what fans think. When fans call into my show and fans talk about it, they love a good fight if no one gets hurt. But that's the key, no one getting hurt. There's a risk-reward in a fight. Bringing a team together, having the back of your teammate, but there's also a risk that someone could get hurt. Uh, Trayvon Merrick's getting a lot of positive comments from Los Angeles. People saw him play. He was flying around at these joint practices. Here's Coach Gruden. I'm really pleased with him. I thought he did an excellent job. Uh, Very pleased with a lot of our young players. Uh, Second-year receivers marrying in the middle of our defense. Arnett had a couple good days. Trayvon Mullen uh, is stepping his game up. So we'll go look at this tape, and I know it wasn't perfect, but Pretty good. Pretty good against a very good offensive team. Uh, We're excited about it. All right, so that's what it is here, and I've read everything that's come out 
everything the Raiders sent me this morning to prep for the show, and you can go wherever you want on what you expect to see. On Saturday night, we don't expect to see much, but clearly we're going to see some players that are coming out and trying to compete for a roster spot as the roster is going to whittle down to 53. So this is where you want I want to see more of Zay Jones. I think Zay Jones could be an incredible X factor. If he's as good as Gruden says, and he's played this well in training camp, and he's got the ability to get upfield and make plays, that's a huge addition. Zay Jones, when everybody was talking about Brown and Snead, if Zay Jones is higher up on the depth chart, and he's another guy that could come in on third and long, I mean, think of this, everybody. Third and long, third and 11, third and 12. Jacobs comes out, you have Kenyon Drake in. You don't have a fullback. You don't have two tight ends. You just have Darren Waller. And you don't line him up at tight end. You line him up in the slot. And in the other slot, you have Hunter Renfro. And then wide, wide, you have Henry Ruggs III and Brian Edwards. And considering what you can do with Zay Jones, you have Carr in the shotgun. You have the ability to have six, seven options. And one of the best options will be dump it off to Drake, but it's third and 11. You don't want him to come up short. You don't want to check down. You want guys to run routes of 10, 15, 30 yards where Carr can step up in the pocket and make a throw. The critical thing here is he's going up against the Steelers and their pass rush with D.J. Watt, and they're going up against the Ravens with Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator. And those guys are really good at scheming, and both teams have a good secondary. The Ravens' secondary is better. So Carr is going to have to be magnificent right out of the gate. Carr is going to have to be magnificent in the first two games because he's going up against Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger. And anybody has that, those two as a better quarterback than Derek Carr. Now, Ben Roethlisberger is on the back, back, back of his prime, but he got in shape. And he looks to be in shape. and He's got a lot to prove. And Lamar Jackson's one of the greatest freak athletes I've ever seen. So it's a lot of pressure on Derek. Last year, they opened up against Carolina. And Carolina had some weapons, but they weren't a great team. And the Raiders got a road victory. I think the Raiders' schedule is much tougher this year with these first two games back-to-back. What do you think? The monologue brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for. Raider Art in California. Start us off, Art. How are you? How are you doing, J.G. The Brick? Calling, this is Raider Art calling from the uh, J.G. The Brick Show. Thank you for calling the J.T. The Brick Show. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, I want to say something about, like, you know, Derek Carr. You know, I don't even blame him, you know, for being a quarterback. But, you know, he's not that, like, the best, like, you know, the Ken Stabler and stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I was looking for, like, a new quarterback if he doesn't even uh, go play well. Well, how would you look for a new quarterback? He's the starter. We're at the end of training camp. They have Marcus Mariota as a backup. The Raiders didn't draft a quarterback. Are you talking about a new quarterback next year? Like an Aaron Rodgers or a draft pick? Well, I, I'm, I'm confused by what you're saying, Art. Well, like, the, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is fine. but um, Or I can, you know, like the, some of the wide receivers this year for, like, Josh Jacob, I would go for uh, what, what he sees, like what he runs the best. And uh, okay. uh, Nate Hobbs especially. What? Thank you for the call. We're, we're, you're off the reservation. You're all over the ice, as I like to say. As my wife tells me every day, I wait around all day to host this show hoping it's great. I do. My wife says, get out of here. Go drink your Modellos. Go down to the pool. Go out with your friends. I say, no, no, no. I, gotta, I, I can't wait to host my show Friday at noon. I didn't host it all summer. And I'm just hoping the calls are great. 
I tell my wife. And she just looks at me, and she can tell I'm on edge because I want the calls to be great. I don't want people thinking that Josh Jacobs is a wide receiver or something like that. So we're 0 for 1. We're 0 for 1. As Gruden is scouting the practice today, I'm 0 for 1. I just threw an interception, and that's on me because I didn't have this show ready to go, and that is on me. I own it. I own it. I'll have the show better, I promise you. I failed you today as I started off the show talking to Art First, who's confused. I appreciate his call, but my show's not about before you're on hold. You're a great caller. Here's a cup of cocoa and a blanket, and here's tickets, and here's a free T-shirt. We're not that show. We're the longest-running show in the history of the Raiders, and we demand excellence from the callers, and, I, and you demand excellence from me. It's not a show about bagels and coffee and movies and where the good Wi-Fi is and killing time. It's a fast-paced, energetic show that's about winning a Super Bowl. That is it. This is my 23rd year with the team. I'm sick of bleeping losing. I'm sick of staying late and coming off losses. I want this thing to be great. I want it to be amazing. I want to get another ring on top of my AFC championship ring that would have been a Super Bowl ring. I want this team to be great for Las Vegas because I am a bleeping ambassador to Vegas. I've been here and I want this thing to work. So we get off my soapbox. Jeff in Vegas. Thank you for calling, Jeff. Start us off. I'm 0 for 1. Go ahead. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me on. So, yeah, I just want to get back to your guys' point. You guys were talking about uh, the Raiders opening up against L.A. and San Francisco, and I think mm-hmm. it's the prime time to be playing those two teams at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. be it that Stafford's new to the L.A. Rams, and, you know, there's the, the battle between yep. Garoppolo and Lance in San Francisco. So those are definitely two teams you want to avoid later in the season. So if we can play them but, the first two weeks. Wait, wait a second. Do, do you know that those games are preseason games? Though? Those are not regular season games between the Rams oh, and the Niners? I, I just, I thought, no, I thought that was. Damn! I'm out for two. I'm out for two. The caller thought, the caller thought that the Rams game and the Niners game were regular season games. Who's smoking the sticky icky? I can't have weed in my house. I can't have this. Bobby Machado back in the studio, please. Bobby, what's going on? Is everybody smoking the stickiest of the ickiest, the greenest of the green, the kindest of the kind? What's going on, Bobby? I think it's time for a Rich Gannon interview. That's what we should do. We were going to replay the Gannon interview. It was one of the best we've ever done with him. Maybe I'd do it now. The caller, the, the guy who just called me thought that the, thought that the Stafford game and the Garoppolo game were week one and two. 20. I spent 10 minutes of the monologue talking about the Ravens and the Steelers. As Vince Lombardi would say, what the hell's going on out Man. there? 702-365-9200. I guess I'm here for another hour and a half. Yeah, nothing major. It was just um, frustrating because, you know, I always want to be out there working. And it's like, you know, within the last couple of years, like 2019, I don't think I missed a practice. In 2020, I missed like a couple during the season. So it's like, 
you know, I want to be out there, but at the same time, it's like maybe sometimes I do need to sit still for a little bit because it's a long season and just prepare for that. Former Raiders MVP quarterback Rich Gannon, kind enough to join us, friend of the show, also on the Raiders preseason broadcast. Rich, good to see you the other day, and I'm sure you're having a great time in Vegas. How's your trip been so far? It's been great, brother, and, you know, it was really fun to see the team go out and and play as well as they did. I just thought the energy, the tempo, the pace of play was terrific, and I got a chance to spend a lot of time with them during the week out on the practice field, and, you know, this team has worked really hard in the desert. You know, they've been out there early in the mornings. Um, I think the effort, the intensity, the focus, the preparation, really what you expect. I just... Just kind of like how this team's coming together. I think it's a really good mix of some veteran players that they've added that I think could really help, especially along the defensive line in the secondary on that side of the ball. A new a voice in Gus Bradley. And I just think when you look at what they've added in terms of the leadership with some veteran players and some good young players that, that like to work, I think it's going to bode well for the Raiders in 2021. Rich, let's stay with the defense. You mentioned Gus Bradley. Last year was a big problem lining up, breaking the huddle on defense and having players lined up. I know this was just a preseason game, but what do you think of the communication and to see the twos and threes line up correctly and then make tackles in the open field? I think it's going to be a smarter defense. You mentioned Gus Bradley. Really, JT, as you know, his philosophy, it's a player-friendly system where young players can come right in and play. I mean, he learned that from his time in Seattle with John Schneider, the general manager, and Pete Carroll. I mean, you look at Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, all these players weren't first-day draft picks but came in and, and were major contributors right away. So his big deal, less volume, he wants simplicity so the players can go out and play fast. He doesn't want them thinking about 10 things prior to the snap. So there's a real emphasis on technique and fundamentals, a lot of repetition, uh, more speed on the field, which is going to be something important when you play against Kansas City and the Chargers in this division. Uh, and I just think that uh, they're going to be better. I think I think they're going to they're going to play better fundamentally. I think you mentioned the tackling. Tackling was a major issue a season ago. Raiders missed the league high 143 tackles last year. I just think you know you focus, you get what you you get what you what you you know, stress and, and uh, you know, and that's going to be tackling fundamentals and communication. I think the Raiders going to be a lot better defensively. Rich Gannon's our guest. So, Rich, on defense with Yannick Ngakwe coming in, Max Crosby, I wanted to talk about Cleland Farrell because of the addition of Gerald McCoy and what the Raiders have added with the interior pass rush with Quentin Jefferson and Jonathan Hankins. I mean, these guys got to pop, Rich. Someone's got to make a play. It's been a while around here since a defensive tackle was a dominant player. Do you think that defensive line and the depth and this rotation that you talked with Gus Bradley and Coach Gruden will save their legs so they're fresher in the fourth quarter and they can make more plays? Well, you're right, JT. I mean, this is a defense that's starving for sacks and for pressure on the quarterback. They had just 21 sacks this season to go fourth fewest in the league, and only 14 and a half of them came from the defensive line. I mean, you think about Crosby getting seven of the 14 and a half. I mean, that's that's literally no production from that group. So you mentioned, you know, Ngakwe. They went out and signed Quentin Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, Darius Phylon, Gerald McCoy. If he can get healthy and be productive, I mean, he's a difference maker inside. I think really the philosophy is is you know getting keeping fresh bodies on the field, you know, and, and be able to have two lines that you can roll through there. Um, you know, they've added 13 new players on defense through free agency, the draft. 
And really the focus is is to try and, you know, create and generate more of a pass rush. And that's going to help the guys in the back end, certainly. But I really just believe when you look at the players we just talked about, and you can get Ngakwe on one side, Max Crosby on the other. Now it allows them to move Farrell around a little bit. And I think he can play inside. I think maybe that's where the majority of his reps are going to come and pass rush reps inside. I mean, he's, it's been a disappointing start to his career. There's no question about that. They need more production from him in year three. The good thing I, I like, JT, is he has to earn his reps this year. You know, they're not just going to throw him out there because he was the fourth overall pick in the draft in 2019. He's going to have to earn every rep he gets in this defense. Rich, a couple other players on defense. I think it's make or break years, and they're young already. Jonathan Abram was out of position. You know, he's been hurt his first year. He lost that. Last year he made some mistakes, but he's a heat-seeking missile, and he can tackle, and he is very athletic. What have you seen from him? And then the follow-up will obviously be Damon Arnett, who's now being pushed to either play slot and maybe a slot corner or go behind Casey Hayward and try to compete that way. These were high draft picks that need to play at a high level. A lot of a lot has been invested in those two players. You're right, and I, I think you have to start with the health. I mean, both have missed time. Uh, let's start with Jonathan Abram. He's a physical downhill player. And I think when you look at what they did in the draft with uh, you know, drafting Trayvon Merrick, he, he's going to be more of the box player down, you know, down around the line of scrimmage, which is really where he's probably at his best. A little bit of a liability in coverage. You know, that was a little bit of an issue last year. He's got to get better in that area, but he is a physical, uh, you know, tackler, and he can be a real difference maker. He can be a great blitzer. So, um, you know, he's got to he's got to take the next step in his development. Certainly, staying on the field and being healthy is a big part of it. You mentioned Damon Arnett. I mean, a rough rookie season. He dealt with the wrist surgery, the concussions. <clears throat> He's another guy who needs to stay on the field and, and make good on his first-round draft status. He gained 20 pounds. I think he's much more focused. He's committed to his craft. Uh, it really starts and ends there, JT. You know that. I mean, this, this guy has got to buy and be all in. You know, just can't miss practice. Um, he's a player who needs the reps. But he is extremely fast. He's explosive. He needs to be a better tackler. Uh, the good news is he's got some background in this system. You know, he was at Ohio State uh, as a, a, a defensive assistant there that uh, worked with Gus Bradley and some of those guys back in the day. And so some of the verbiage and terminology and some of the scheme, I think it fits him well. But um, he's another guy that's going to have to earn his reps. I mean, I, I like that. I, I just don't like when you draft a player in the first round uh, that early and just throw them out there and say, well, you're a first round, you're going to play. But let's make them earn it. And I think when you look at what they've done in free agency by bringing in some really good players, uh, that, that's going to force them. Casey Hayward is a really still a productive guy. And uh, Damon Arnett's going to have to earn his reps in, in this defense. Rich Gannon's our guest. So you spent time at practice and in meetings. What do you think of the offensive line? Leatherwood, Colton Miller, we'll see him a lot more in the regular season. But with Andre James up front and what the Raiders are trying to put together with Tom Cable, you know who left. And a couple of players, including Trent Brown, didn't deserve to be back. But Gabe Jackson, Rodney Hudson are gone. How do you like the rebuilt offensive line, Rich? You know, I think it's a work in progress, but I'm encouraged by what I've seen. Uh, I think Tom Cable does a terrific job. Uh, I think one of the things that's really going to help, and JT and I mentioned this during the broadcast, it's really the first time that they've seen a quality group of pass rushers to go up against in practice. I mean, think about that. So they're getting some good competition in practice, uh, which is only going to help their development. I think Colton Miller is a solid player at the left tackle position. Richie Incognito still has got a little left in the tank. 
it's really the center, the right guard, and the right tackle. Leatherwood is going to be a really good player. Uh, he is big. He's strong. He's physical. Uh, he played left guard and left tackle in college. He's got an excellent strength and quickness. Uh, where he's going to struggle, there's some pass protection issues he needs to clean up from a technical perspective. I think that's still going to be a work in progress, but uh, once he figures it out, he'll be in good shape. And he's playing on the right side. He's going to get some help over there. He's get some tight end presence. I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, I really like Andre James. You know, here's a guy that didn't play a snap uh, last year on offense, primarily a special teams player, just one career start. But uh, he's a physical guy. He's athletic. He can get out and run. He can get up on the second level. He can get out in front of the screens. Uh, I think it's a big challenge for him. He just needs reps. And the, and the communication is going to be really important. You know, Derek Carr is probably top two, top three quarterback in the game when it comes to the amount that they put on his shoulders at the line of scrimmage. Not a lot of people talk about that. Maybe not a lot of people, people know that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, John Gruden gives him a menu of plays, and he's got a lot. I mean, that, that has expanded significantly. He's a very smart player. Uh, and so that communication goes back to the center in terms of the checks, the calls, the run game, uh, all the responsibilities. So he's got that's an area of his game where he has to get better quickly. But it does help to have a, a veteran quarterback that's been in the system now and heading into his fourth season that can kind of be the air traffic controller. But that's going to be a challenge, I think, for Andre James as well, just uh, making sure that they're all on the same page. Wrapping it up with Rich Gannon, former MVP. Rich, it's important now for Derek, and you would know this, you developed into an MVP and you understand the progression and the growth of your career, I think it's a great example. Now with Derek, what is next? What have you seen on film from talking to him? You talked about this menu of plays. He's got all these great weapons. Is it more mobility outside the pocket? Is it more attacking the middle of the field, throwing deeper? What, is, what does he have to do this year to elevate his game and maybe you know move up three or four positions in this league as one of the premier quarterbacks? Well, there's, there's a lot to like there. Uh, and I know you know I feel that way about him. I, you know, mm-hmm. look, here's a guy that doesn't miss starts. He's missed, I think, just two regular season starts in his first seven seasons. You know, holds the franchise record for you know passing yards and touchdowns. Um, he's extremely accurate. You look what he's done the last three years under Gruden: sixty-nine percent, seventy percent, sixty-seven percent last year. He gets the ball out quick. Um, and you mentioned, you know, we talked about it. It's just the history that he has in his offense. When you have history in a system and a problem arises, you, know, you quickly know how to fix it. I mean, he's an amazing communicator. Gruden said he's so good from the neck up, and the more that they give him, the better, you know, the better the Raiders are. If there's two areas of his game where he can be better, and, uh, and I've talked to him about it, I think one is ball security in the pocket. That's what Gruden mm-hmm. mentioned as well. It's not the, not the picks. He doesn't throw a lot of picks. So he has a tendency to put the ball on the ground in the pocket. You know, pass rush gets you know gets in there. You know, someone comes from behind. Um, someone gets beat off the edge. You know, you'd say, yeah, the left tackle got beat, but the quarterback fumbled. And you say, well, the left tackle got beat. Well, in the quarterback room, we don't care. The left tackle got beat. We, you know, it's our job to hold on to the football. You got to do a better job holding on to the football from the pocket. The other thing is the unscripted offense. You know, can he make more plays with his legs? Can he? When something breaks down, can he can he manufacture a big play? You watch the guy in Kansas City. You watch the guy in Green Bay. Um, you know some of the elite quarter guy in Baltimore. You know you, you got to be able. There's going to be a half dozen plays every week in this league where something bad happens. The guy misses a block. Guy falls down. A receiver 
doesn't come out of the break. Can you manufacture a play? Can you get us? Can you run for a first down? Can you find a completion? Can you get us out of a bad situation? And that's an area where, you know, he continues to get better, but it's certainly a point of emphasis, taking better care of the ball in the pocket and some of the unscripted offense that, that they'd like to see more of from Derek Carr. Finally, Rich, every year since I've known you and I look and then we go through preseason and the broadcast, the team's supposed to be better. Coming off the year before, they had free agency, trades, the ability to sign players and get better, and this team brought in Gus Bradley, new coaches, and there's no doubt the roster is better, but they lost a couple of good players. Where do you stand with this team now in the fourth year with Gruden and Carr? Because I think they're a better team. I know they're a better team, especially on defense, but you got to look at those wins. And right out of the gate, they open up with Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger. And you know how tough the AFC West is, and Raider Nation's been waiting a long time to get back to the playoffs. How optimistic are you early in the preseason that this could be a playoff team? Well, I, I am optimistic, but you know, I, I'm 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 not a pessimist for sure. So I you know, I look, I agree with you, JT. I think Coach Gruden would say the same. I mean, you know, it's time to put up. I mean, you know, you can talk a lot about it. You can talk about you know, the new stadium. You can talk about the facilities. You can talk about the new players we've added. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's all about you know that win loss record. And you know, instead of 16 opportunities this year, there's going to be 17. And each one of them is critical. And they've got to do a better job in, in, in certain areas. And you talk about the importance of situational football. We saw what happened late in games last year. I mean, they lost three games inside of two minutes because they couldn't finish. And that's not just on the defense. I mean, the offense has opportunities to put teams away and, you know, not give the ball back to them. So I think, you know, finishing late in games, I think even the conditioning from a defensive perspective, I think was a problem last year. They didn't have a single takeaway in the last four games of the season. You know, they gave up 176 fourth-quarter points. Most in football, 176 fourth quarter points. They, you know, they just wore down late, and so you know th- that's got to get better. Um, you know, they were minus 11 in the, in the plus minus turnover ratio. You know, that's you just that's only two teams were worse. You just don't give yourself a chance. They don't take the ball away on defense, and they coughed it up too many times on offense. So, I mean, I think there's just some areas. Here's the good news, and I'll leave you with this. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, brand new stadium, uh, you know, new facility. Everybody's excited. But they had no fans in the stadium. And I'm not making excuses for them, but, JT, you were there the other night. You got that party started. You got that place rocking. NFL teams had no home field advantage last year. NFL teams actually had a losing record. They were 127-128-1 in the regular season, the worst cumulative record for home teams in NFL history. The Raiders were just 2-6. and six. That can be a huge home field advantage when that place is full and rocking with the Raider Nation. And I just think if – if that happens, and it will, and the players and the Raiders can get off to a good start this year, I'll tell you what, it can go quick now. You can build some momentum in a hurry. And we could be talking about a really a good playoff caliber team. But, again, you got to do the little things, right? you got you got to do all the little things it takes to put yourself in a position to have a chance to win each and every week. Thanks, Rich. Great talking to you. Have a great broadcast season. We'll talk to you in the regular season. See you, brother. Rich Gannon. And our conversation with him earlier in the week. A couple of takeaways here in a second time around, which was better. Rich is not a fan of you get drafted in the first round you play. you got to prove yourself. Well, what team in the league has a bigger problem than that than the Raiders? The Raiders have recent first-round picks in John Abram, Damon Arnett, and Cleland Farrell, who are all competing to get on the field. And Rich is good with that. So Rich doesn't have a problem with that. 
doesn't mean you get here and you get drafted in the first round and you're an instant starter. You've got to earn it. And I think we're seeing that earning process go on with these players, which is very important. Secondly, I like what he said about Arnett. And Arnett's game and the 20 pounds that he put on, the program that he came from, and how Gus Bradley can reset him and get, get more out of him. That makes a lot of sense to me. And then Rich has only been in the stadium once, and that was for that first preseason game, and he was blown away. He was blown away by the fans and how loud home field advantage could be. Rich played in a great era with the Raiders when they were going to the playoffs and went to a Super Bowl. He remembers what it was like in Oakland to have a very serious home field advantage. Vegas has got to get that up and running quickly. Stoner dude, good to hear from you. How are you, buddy? Well, JT, first of all, I take great umbrage because, you know, the sticky icky doesn't always um, make a bad caller. Uh, yes. First of all, I, I have to talk about the game a little bit here. Uh, I am looking at number number 46, Garrett Groshek. I like mm-hmm. that dude. I think I like we got Alex Ingold as our fullback, but we're going to need right. someone to back him up. Uh, last year, Alex Ingold had some injuries. Uh, I think Deuce Gruden is going to help bulk him up put some weight on him, make him look good. And I think he's the future, man. I think this guy's someone to watch. Think of uh, oh, Mark Van Egan of the past. You know, and I know Gruden doesn't like the fights on the sidelines and at scrimmages, but then again, they go and they watch in the film room uh, Jack Tatum, Big Ben Davidson, George Atkinson, Lyle Alzado, and they say that's a Raider. And lastly, JT, you know, a lot of people are talking about Derek Carr and Marcus Mariota. I think the two are going to work great together on the field, just like Marcus Mariota did it with Ryan Tannehill out there in Tennessee. I'm looking for Cariota. That's my new name for those two Ooh. on the field. Scoring touchdowns in the red zone. I'll see you over there at the end this weekend, JT. Look forward to it, buddy. Always good to hear from Stoner Dude. I'm not a big believer in, in holding backup quarterbacks or a backup fullbacks for a roster spot unless they can play great special teams. That could be the case there. And when it comes to Mariota, there's one thing I want to get out of the way on this Mariota conversation. The only way Mariota is going to play is if Derek doesn't play well. Derek Carr does not want Mariota in. He wants every play. Do you actually think Derek Carr wants to come out of goal line? Situations where he can increase his stats, throw a touchdown, run for a touchdown, get out of a play, get into a better play and help his team? I mean, who out there believes that Derek Carr wants to go to the bench? Last year he got injured. Mariota came in. I didn't think Derek should have played the rest of the year. He was injured, and he raced back to play in the final game of the year because he wanted to be the starter. And not not that he was going to lose his starting position. He wanted to get back on the field. So for everybody who says, well, they're going to put in this package for Mariota, they're going to have a package for Mariota because if Carr doesn't play well or gets hurt, they need a package for him. But for everybody who thinks, hey, man, we're going to put Mariota in and tell Carr to go to the bench when there's a scoring situation, I find that hard to believe. But if it happens and it makes sense and it helps the team, I'm all for it. Remember, Mariota had first and goal at the four. First and goal at the four against the Chargers in a game that should have been a walk-off win and he didn't get it in. I don't think the play calling was good. It was very conservative. So if they get back in that situation again and Mariota comes running out on the field, I think you'll see him sprint right twice, sprint right left, and run him three times in a row. When I have a Remy Martin sidecar, I only order mine the original way. And that's what Remy Martin Cognac, Cointreau, and Lemon Juice. The original sidecar with Remy VSOP, the Royal Sidecar, 
with Remy 1738. They're all being served at the M. The back bar for the pre- and post-game show is sponsored by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. JT on a Friday on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Yeah, you know, emotions get a little bit higher when you introduce another another team. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we got to, you know, try to overcome that. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely we had each other's backs. But uh, it's something that we don't want to get in the way of practice. You know, you want to be able to finish practice. So, uh, obviously, we could have ended it better. Colt Miller says everything right and does his job, turning out to be a great first draft pick for John Gruden who told me the year they took him, he said, if I didn't take him, I didn't have an offensive line. They were all hurt. They, they were putting in third-string guys that season. Colt Miller thrown into the fire. Now he's developed into what I believe is a future Pro Bowl player, a future Pro Bowl player, which is a great draft pick. You, Gruden doesn't get a lot enough credit for that pick, but they sure know how to rip him for Damon Arnett or some of the other picks out there. Remember Colton Miller being the first. Uh, let's get out to Doug in Vegas. How are you, Doug? JT, I'm doing great. So, listen, I got to vent here a little bit. I'm yeah. sick and tired of people putting down our quarterback. At this point in the season, Derek Carr is the Las Vegas Raiders quarterback. He's more than capable of taking this team all the way to the Super Bowl. He's a better quarterback than teams in the past that have won. So if you're a Raider fan, get on board or shut the hell up. There's no reason for the negative talk. Derek Carr is a great quarterback. Second of all, it's great to hear that Incognito is going to be okay. I was a little worried about those two, but between the two, I think we have uh, some backup linebackers, and so we'll be fine there. And I I can't say enough about what Gruden has done uh, to start seasons off, so I'm not worried about the Ravens. Even in Gruden's very first game against the Rams, we played really well that night. We lost it in the fourth quarter, but that team was prepared and ready to go. So I fully expect us to give the Ravens all they can handle, and I expect us to win on that Monday night and head to Pittsburgh ready to go. But I'll tell you this, I would be concerned about Morrow. Well, I'm not concerned about him now, but if he's out a week or so, there's only a couple of weeks before the Ravens, and Morrow is a big part at having to be a guy in space that can pull down Lamar Jackson when he starts running and plays start breaking down and he takes off. Morrow is a necessity for the Ravens game because he's athletic enough and he can get after a quarterback and he can sense where the football is. He's got to get healthy quick and be ready for that game. I'm with you on that. I'm just saying we do have some other linebackers. And and let's see how the uh, moose goes. The the young guy from Clemson, uh, he's got plenty of speed too, so perhaps he can help us out. But uh, anyway, I'm ready for the season. I can't be more excited about how this team is looking and ready to go. Great. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you guys checking in. Appreciate everybody who calls in and listens to the show. 702-365-9200. Out to Modesto. Great to hear from Modesto and Tone. What's happening? Hey, man. Hey, JT. I always love the show. Hey, I'll try to make it quick. Hey, man, every time I hear Gannon, man, I love it, man. And if it wasn't for that 95-yard third and 19 play, we go and beat your Giants that year, man. If Tony Sierra Guzman doesn't squash uh, Rich, man. Talk about Rich. But all those great points that Rich made, man, 127 to 121 home field advantage. There's definitely going to be a home field advantage. Mm-hmm. And 
JT, I'm about to go get that vaccination, man. I, because I can't miss you being at the M, being in the uh, in the Death Star or the Black House, whatever they call it, man. Um, mm-hmm. One real quick one thing, too, JT. Do you see um, Hunter Renfro? And I, I go back and forth to some of the guys. I want him returning punts. I know no one wants to see him get hurt. But do you want him returning punts? Is there a kid on the, on the roster that you see maybe maybe yeah. John Brown? Is somebody yeah. really need going to return no. punts? No, I'm all for Hunter Renfro playing football. Thanks for the call. He doesn't get the ball enough on offense that he has a chance to be a possession guy on punts. He can catch and field punts, which is very important. And he could avoid the first tackle and get upfield. You're right. There is a there's a concern that he could get hurt taking back punts. He's so small that he could get hit. And he put on some strength and some muscle this offseason. But I'm not into hiding a guy like Hunter Renfro. Renfro doesn't get the ball enough anyway. He's not a first or second option. So the more that he could touch the ball in punts, if it was kickoffs but rugs, the more he can touch the football, I'm fine with that. But I understand your concern. That hour flew by. Uh, next hour, Jeff Benson from Circa, Sportsbook Director James Schmitty-Smith, and Johnny Katz from the Review, Review Journal on what's happening this weekend.